Man, what's good? It's Visalate, and you're welcome back to episode 4 now of the Nega Nebulous podcast. So, last time uh, I did say that I would be doing a podcast for each of the uh, positions and just talking about different players there, but I don't really have time to do that. So, instead, I'm going to be doing a pod pod. So, a pod, uh, if you don't know, which most of you should, is, is a point of difference or occasionally player of difference. So, basically, it's a player who is unique. So, I'm going to be looking at guys that are uh, under 10%. Uh, ownership and you know, just giving my thoughts on a couple of them, you know, whether they should be a pod, whether more people should be jumping on, or you know, if they, if that's their correct ownership, you know, whether they should remain a pod. So uh, I'll just pr- uh, preface this by saying that the way I build my team is I like to have a lot of value in my team. So each player essentially has some form of value, whether that's you know a small upside or even like a massive upside. Like, the only exceptions to this really are Grundy and Whitfield. Like, there's not... Well, there is value in Whitfield, but especially Grundy. Like, he's basically fully priced, but... Yeah. So, that's why I won't be too hot on guys who I believe are fully priced. Like, Andrew Gaff or someone like Brad Crouch or something like that. So, um... Yeah, don't use this podcast as, like, a gospel or whatever. Just use it, I reckon, as a tiebreaker sort of thing, you know. Whether you're weighing up two guys, maybe... This will help you split the, dif- split the difference. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. So, starting off with the defenders, um, going from most expensive to least expensive. Uh, I'll start off with Tom Stewart here. He's only 4% owned. So, with Stewart, he's had a bit of an interrupted preseason. He scored pretty well in his uh, only Marsh game. He scored like 85 or something. So, yeah, I think he'll be good again. I don't see too much value in Tom Stewart, but uh, I really don't mind him as a pod. You know, we've seen him go big a couple games. He's got quite a big ceiling, so... Yeah, I don't mind Stewart too much. It's just the interrupted preseason is kind of, you know, a turning off sort of factor. Uh, yeah. So next up, Caleb Daniel. He's only 2% owned. Um, so, yeah, he had a pretty poor Marsh series. Like, like last la- uh, last season, in 2019, he was the kick-out, uh, kick-in guy. You know, took a lot of the kick-ins, got a lot of points that way. Uh, didn't really take too many uh, during the Marsh series, although the sample size was pretty small to be fair, but didn't really look like they wanted to get the ball in his hands, so I suspect there's been some sort of a role change here, and yeah, I mean, he, from memory, he did go bigger in the first half compared to the second half of the season, so there is some value there from his uh, 94 average, but yeah, it's still, I think it's still uh, pretty risky. And yeah, that's what I mean when I talk about value. So I'm looking for guys that have either, you know, gone big in the past, whether that's a whole season average, or whether they've put together a run of games where they've gone big, so like a half season. Like we want a pretty pretty decent sample size, right? So I I reckon at least like, you know, a ten game sort of stretch where they put together big numbers. Um, yeah, so we're trying to we hope that they can get back to that sort of range. Uh, anyway, yeah, Nick Newman. He's only one uh, percent owned. It's probably hard to pick him. Like he scored pretty well in the Marsh series, uh, and Carlton looked to split the kick-ins between him, Doherty, and uh, Cade Simpson. But yeah, I don't know. It just feels like there's too much ball to go around, like too many mouths to feed in that Carlton backline with Simpson and uh, Doherty there too. So yeah, I reckon one percent's about right. Uh, yeah, Zach Williams. He's had an interrupt the preseason as well. Hasn't um. He hasn't played any of the Marsh games, to be honest, and I'm not even sure if he'll be fit for round one. I think he's playing an intra-club, or he's already played it this weekend. So, yeah. Uh, with Zach Williams, I don't think 
he'll score too well without the midfield time. And yeah, he was playing in the midfield last season, at uh, the back end of last season, with you know, guys like Kelly Cornelio out. So, yeah, I don't see that happening again, because they're all fit now. Well, Taranto is out, but it looks like Haitley and uh, Tom Green will replace him. So, it's hard to see him improve, really, on his 93 average. Probably, like my guess is, he'll regress a bit to around a 90 or like a high 80s average. So he's 7% owned, which is pretty surprising. So I think that's a little too high for a guy who's had no preseason, don't really know his uh, his his role really. And yeah, I don't think his role will be through the midfield. Uh, Shannon Hearn, he's 2% owned. So yeah, Shannon Hearn, he's another guy who went like bigger in the second in the first half of 2019 compared to the second half. So there is some value there. Had a good Marsh series. You know, we know what to expect from him. High kick, uh, high kick to handball ratio. He uh, takes a lot of the kick-ins for the Eagles, so it's another another bonus there. And yeah, I think he could be he could be a pretty decent pod for you this year. Um, yeah, he's only two percent owned, as I said, so yeah, don't don't mind that. Or two point four percent really. I should be looking at this column, but yeah, the the web fantasy app's a bit weird. They only show like the one integer of the total selections, and then they have another column here for coach uh, fantasy like premium coaches or whatever. So that's percent starts, so that's how many are on the field. So I guess I'll start looking at this from now on. Uh, let's see, who else we got? Yeah, Christian Salem could be alright. He's at 0.6% ownership. Uh, he's had Colangelo fever though, or something like that, so probably wouldn't be picking him. Uh, James Sicily, he's only 7.6% owned now. Yeah, when I talk about value, like Sicily is is a prime candidate for this because we know he's gone 90, what was it, 96 or something in 2018, so. And he's priced at uh, 84, so we know he's at least you know, 12 points upside there. And I really think he can get back to it with the you know all the new recruits, Hawthorne have brought in, you know, got McAvoy coming back into defense, recruiting Sam Frost, got Patton up top. Yeah, I, I don't really see the Sicily, Sicily's role being too volatile anymore like we did see last year. I reckon he's the mainstay in defense, and yeah, it was, although it was only one game, you know, he backed that up in the Marsh series. Um, so yeah, I think Sicily, yeah, he, he'll be fine, to be honest, and yeah, I think 7.6% is pretty, pretty low for what it should be, uh, I guess people are turned off by the roller coaster that is James Sicily, and yeah, he, he will have inconsistent scoring, like, don't expect, you know, a, a low standard deviation, but, like, it'll all average out in the end, he can definitely push that 96 again, um, and I don't think the suspension thing's a bit of a... Bit of an, it's a bit of a non-issue now, in my opinion. Anyway, uh, Jordan Dawson, so he's 2.8% owned. I guess people were turned off by the Jake Lloyd inclusion, and yeah, rightly so. It doesn't look like he's getting too much ball. Uh, if he does move to a wing or something, like he scores better on a wing. Like, I think Frico tweeted that out like, quite early on in the preseason. So yeah, I don't know, not for me. I think 2.8% is about right. Could, could still be decent, but... I just I want to see more Lloyd and Mills back in the team. Uh, okay, we'll talk about Lockie Weller now. So he's only 1.3% owned. For a guy that's playing like predominantly midfield, and he put up decent numbers in the marsh as well. Um, yeah, it's pretty pretty low in my opinion. Like 83, he's priced at 83. Def he'll definitely improve on that. He'll push push low 90s, I reckon high 80s. So not too much upside potentially, but he's playing midfield, and you know, we we all want guys like in the forward line and defensive line who are playing in the midfield. That's that's how they'll become really good defenders. So, yeah, I reckon Lockie Weller's not a bad option. 1.3% is a little low, in my opinion. 
Um, who else can we talk? Okay, Luke Ryan. He's 1.4% owned. We, we only saw him for the first Marsh, Marsh Series game, which was a bit of a shame. Um, yeah, it looks like Justin Longmuir is employing that uh, the new game plan at Freo. High possession, high kick, high uh, marks. So yeah, Luke Ryan will definitely be a beneficiary of that. He'll take uh, quite a few of the kick-ins as well to get some extra points. We're only priced at 80. Like, he's definitely better than an 80. But... Yeah, just not sure how much upside he has. He scored, I think he scored flat 100 was the the only Marsh game he played. So, yeah, I guess people want to see a, a little more from Ryan. And he's kind of awkwardly priced where, you know, you may as well pay two, 2k extra to get a Dan Houston. But, oh, okay, no, maybe he's not that awkwardly priced. But I guess people are, there's more comfortable options with more value in the defense. Like, like Brody Smith, for example, who's not a pod. But, yeah, anyway. Hmm. Okay, who we got here? Yeah, we got so Hurley, Clark, and Miller. They're all within four four k of each other, so they could all be decent options. I mean, Hurley had a really good Marsh series, like good points per minute in the in the first game. He only played half the game, I think, and in the second game, I think he scored like over a hundred, took a heap of kicks. So if he does become that like quarterback for Essendon, yeah, could put up decent numbers. Hunter Clark. Okay, I'll I'll be avoiding a lot of the Saints and Port players. Although I think they will be good, I, I just can't pick them with the um, round 11 buy that they have. So, yeah, at that round 11 buy, it is best 22. Like, it's your full team playing. It's not best 18, so you will be copying a donut if you have too many of these guys and not adequate bench cover. So, yeah, pick him up after the buy if he does come good, but didn't really see enough in the Marsh series. And same with Miller, to be honest. Expected big things, but, yeah, Marsh series wasn't too hot, so... You'll have to, so it's really risky picking him up, I guess. Um, yeah, Connor Blakely is 0.9% owned, so with Blakely, we didn't see him in the second Marsh series game, which was a shame. In the first game, he played kind of split between midfield and half back. Don't know if he's in Justin Longmuir's plans or not, but if he does get that midfield time, you know, it'll be pretty good. Or even half back, like we know he went back to back 92s. And yeah, he had some pretty big numbers, like a couple of 130 scores uh, in there, 130 plus. So yeah, it could definitely, definitely, he's definitely value if he gets back to that form. But the question is, will he? He's only priced at 75, so there's at least 17 points upside there. Uh, same with Witherden, he's 0.9% owned. Just the same price as Blakely, 75%, uh, 75 average though. And yeah, with Wither, it's hard to see... Hard to see if he makes the best 22, to be honest. Wasn't really utilised much in the second Marsh game. Uh, yeah, you got Daniel Rich taking the kick-ins as well as Grant Birchall, so... Yes, he's kind of behind the pecking order there. Doesn't Isn't picking up a lot of that cheap ball. So, yeah, I really like Wither, you know. He averaged 88 in his first two seasons, but I don't think he'll get there this year. Um, okay, as I scroll through here... Ryan Burton, he's 0.5% owned. Priced at 72, could be a decent option, but... Little injury prone. Uh, Jeremy Howe, he's three point three percent owned. Looks like he was he's kind of playing um a kind of James Sicily interceptor role now. Doesn't have, really have to play on any tolls or anything. Um, yeah, he's got eighties in the past, got just under ninety in the past. Price sixty nine, so yeah, it could be a decent option there. I know Roy Roy DT is pretty keen on him. Everyone probably knows who he is, but. Uh, okay, John Noble, he's 400k, he had a good Marsh series, plays in a high-scoring team. Um, yeah, 400k, 
1.8% owned. I don't know. Could be could be an option. He's a little awkwardly priced, but um, yeah. I don't I don't know. Uh, okay. James Ace, yeah, put up a decent first Marvel series game. I don't know, it could be alright, to be honest. Don't really know where his role is, like whether it's a half-back or a wing. Seems to move everywhere. I reckon he'll be a kind of Mr. Fix-It for Frio. Just plays uh, whenever someone's out, so... Yeah. And finally, okay, okay, Adam Chera. So he's 3.1% owned. I'm pretty keen on Chera. Uh, yeah, he's 451k. So, the thing is, he played midfield in the first game. He's been training in the midfield for the whole of preseason. You know, he had the most centre bounces in the intra-club game. And then in the second March series game, he kind of splits his time between midfield and defence, and definitely played in defence in the last quarter. So, that has me a little worried, but there's a lot of guys like coming in and out of that Frio team. So, you know, we had Luke Ryan and James H. They both missed. The second Marsh game. Stephen Hill came into the second Marsh game, but he'll be he won't be there for round one. So yeah, you got Nathan Wilson to come back as well. Alex Pierce. So oh yeah, and uh Connor Blakely as well, so oh, I keep saying so, what whatever. So I reckon Chera is is going to be a full time midfielder, like Nathan Schmuck, the um AFL the WA correspondent for AFL.com.au. So he said that Chera should definitely be uh, in the midfield, like why would they, why would they train him in the midfield for the entire preseason, only for him to play in defence again? Like they could be, you know, planning for the future, but I don't think that's the case. I think Chara will be in the midfield. Um, you know, whether that's round one, I don't know. I hope it's round one because it's going to be pretty risky <laughs> when I start him in classic and then he he's playing in defence and drops a sixty. But yeah, I, I'd watch the teams to be like, like if he's named on the ball and. Just watch the ins and outs and whatever. Yeah, I, I'm I definitely start him. I'm pretty keen. Um, yeah, okay, I'm just scrolling through and it doesn't look like there's anyone else. I won't really talk about the rookies because you know, who who cares about the rookies? Like we're all gonna have the same rookies pretty much, so so I guess let's talk about the midfield here. So there's there's a lot of pods this year in the midfield, you know. A lot of people are running with, you know, McCray, Dunkley, Penelio, and obviously Tom Mitchell, so I've seen a lot of team with those four, and then they got four rookies. But yeah, even if you are running five rookies, like you'll probably have a couple of those guys. So there are a lot of pods to talk about. So I guess we'll start with the most expensive mid, uh, Josh Kelly. He's only eight percent owned. So he's had a full preseason, which he hasn't really had uh, before. I don't think. Well, not lot, not for 2019 anyway. And yeah, he's had a full preseason. We know what he can do. He had that massive like. What was an eight or ten game stretch, you know, where it was averaging like one, one twenty, one thirty, something ridiculous like that. So yeah, we know he can put up consistently good numbers. Yeah, it's just he's priced at one sixteen. Whether you know he can maintain a one twenty average or something, it's tough. And he's pretty expensive as well. So you know, I, I don't mind the Josh Kelly pick. I really don't. Like, I'd really try and fit him in. But yeah, I'm a guy who likes value, so. Uh, and not starting a lot of rookies, so yeah, I have a lot of like underpriced guys, but I, I don't mind the Josh Kelly pick, I really don't. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, Andrew Gaff, so I I mentioned him before, he's uh, priced at 111, 5.8% owned. So the thing with Gaff is like, compared to someone like Jack McRae and Josh Dunkley, they went like 130s in the back half of 2019. Andrew Gaff hasn't really put up 
like a major stretch where he's gone like he's gone bananas. You know, he's been pretty he's pretty consistent, which which isn't a bad thing. So he, he consistently puts up good numbers as a really high floor. Yeah, the only thing is you're not getting much value out of him. Like there's not much growth. Like he'll probably he'll probably be a top like you know top ten mid at least. So you know you're getting a guy who'll end up as one of the top guys. And you know, that's fine. Like if you want to play set and forget like guns and rooks, you know, I really don't mind that, like it's your choice, but yeah, he's not for me personally. Uh so Zach Merritt, he's four percent owned, uh 803k. You know, he puts up good points per minutes numbers as always, doesn't really play like massive time or ground. Um, yeah, I don't really know why he's so so low ownership to be honest. I know it's fluctuated, I think it was at, I've seen it at like seven percent before as well. But yeah, we know what we're gonna get with Merritt. He's gone one seventeen twice in the past. So yeah, he's he can go. He's at least nine points under price. That's the wrong way to word it, but you know we know he can be at least nine points better. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I like I I don't mind Zach Merritt. He's you know good player. Uh, okay, yeah, just pick pick him. Like I I really don't mind the four percent ownership for him. Probably should be higher in my opinion. Uh, Brad Crouch. So yeah, he's another one similar to Andrew Gaff. It's just consistently good. Hasn't really put together a massive stretch of games where he's gone, uh, it's gone bananas. But it is a contract year for him, so <laughs> if that makes a difference, which kind of kind of does, I don't know. So yeah, he's only three point one percent owned, priced at one hundred eight. He could probably push the one ten mark. Uh, yeah, we saw that in the first Marsh game. It was pretty good there. So yeah, I don't mind Brad Crouch. A lot of people are off, I guess, because he was so cheap last year. You know, people don't think they're getting much value. Which I don't think either, anyway. But yeah, he could still be good. Ah, uh, yeah, same with Matt Crouch. So he's one point three percent owned. Like the funny thing with Matt Crouch is like in twenty um twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, like he both put up uh, in both of those seasons, he put up strong finishes, like to the season. Like he went at like one fifteen back end of twenty eighteen, and even in his last five or whatever in um twenty nineteen, he went at like oh, let me pull it up here. Hold on. So, his last five for 2019 last season, yeah, it was a 118, and his last three was a 125, so, yeah. He, he can put together big numbers, we know that. It's just weird, like, he always, he seems to enter every season with so much promise, but then just goes back to those 106s. But, yeah, I think he can be a 115 type of guy, like, he showed that in 2018. I think, yeah, it was like a big stretch of games, it wasn't just like the last five, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't mind Matt Crouch. Clayton Oliver, so he's 4.8% owned. I'm really keen on Oliver. So, last season, he had double shoulder surgery. Still managed to pump out a 106. He's gone, I think, 109 or 108 in the past. So, he's at least two points underpriced. But he can be even better. You know, Melbourne, we're going to bounce back, surely. <laughs> right? You know, he's two years uh, older than he was in 2018. Which, wow, that's a really inspiring fact, but... You know, he went like 108, 109 in 2018. What can he do when he's two years better? Two years in the system, two years stronger, two years better, whatever. Yeah. The only thing with Clayton Oliver, this is my, my dilemma. So, he plays West Coast away, and then GWS. So, you know, West Coast, that's always a tough matchup. And then he has a potential DeBoer tag coming at him. And But after that, it's a pretty easy run. I know... Plays like the Saints, Frio, the Bombers, I think something like that. I don't have the fixtures in front of me, but yeah, I like I don't want to start him because he has a really hard first two games, but 
the question is how am I going to bring him in after that for the easy run? So, yeah, like there's all, there's every chance he'll push through those. Like I don't, I wouldn't look too much into like the fixtures difficulty, but I use it to split hairs. So I think I think Oliver he'll he'll still be good, and I'm I'm very confident he'll be a top eight mid by season end. Okay, Travis spoke. He's one point two percent owned. He's another port player, so I wouldn't be starting with him, but definitely look to bring him in. So, the reason he's priced at 106, which it should be higher, because he played a bit up forward towards the end of last season. So, as a full-time mid, I think he averages like 111 or something last season. So, he's at least, you know, five points underpriced there. And, yeah, like, you're, you're picking him, like, we can take out those forward scores, because you're picking him now, assuming he's a full-time bid, and, yeah, the only thing is obviously that round 11 buy, like, yeah, I'd be pretty keen on Travis Boak if you didn't have the buy, because I think there's definite value uh, with him, yeah, just the buy, so pick him up after if he's doing well, there's a really easy matchup too, he plays against my son, so, yeah, whatever, uh, da -da 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 -da. uh Zorko, yeah, I don't know, I'm not too keen on Zorko, so, Alright, Paddy, uh, Elliot Yo, he's 4.1% owned, so the arrival of Tim Kelly should uh, drop one less down in the tagging order. <laughs> There's a better way to word that, but yeah, so he's priced at 103, right? So the thing, so two seasons ago, in 2018, right? So he averaged like 115 in the back half of 2018. So he's at least 15 points underpriced, and I think he went at like 106 that season as well, like overall, so like as a safe bet, we can say he's a 106, potential to go 115, and yeah, he really, he had a good March series as well, that one game against the Dockers, top 124 or something, so I'm very keen on Elliot Yo. yeah, he's in my team right now. Just worry that there's too many mouths to feed, I mean, you got Tim Kelly in there, Luke Shuey, um, Elliot Yo. you got Andrew Gaff as well. And obviously guys on the outside like Dom Sheed and Jack Redden too. So, yeah, just how can they feed all those mouths? Oh, I don't know. I think they can do it. Uh, yeah, because, you know, Kelly will rotate forward and whatnot. I think Elliot Yo and Luke Shuey, they'll be the two mainstays in the midfield in almost every centre bounce. And I think Yo, he topped the CBAs for the Eagles as well. So, yeah, hopefully he doesn't shift around too much, but hmm, to, we'll see. So Jago Mira now, he's 0.5% owned, price at 100. I think he's had a full free season, right? I don't know, he didn't. He only played one half in the first Marsh game, but I think that might have just been conditioning. But, yeah, I mean, Jago, like, yeah, he's a WA boy. Got a lot of promise. I reckon he can push, like, a 105 mark. It's kind of risky. Like, we haven't really seen that in a big stretch for him. So, yeah. Yeah, Tom Rockliffe, priced at 99. Oh man, he's 1.2% owned. I think he's a lot riskier than Boak. Like, I'd be taking Boak over him, definitely. And, yeah, with Rocky, like, yeah, he's quite injury prone, I should say. He had soldier's shoulder surgery, although it looks like he'll be fine. Um, yeah, he had a couple of injury affected scores. Take those out. Average goes up to 100 something. So, yeah, we know what he can do. He's a pig. Um,. <laughs> Just a little risky starting him, I guess, at the around 11 by. Um, who else? I don't know. Jack Steele. 
quite keen on him. He's going to he's around 11 by as well, and I guess we'll have some shutdown roles. Okay, so Taylor Adams, like he is one of my one of my boys. So he's 2.3 percent owned, priced at 95. He's gone, he went 115 or something in 2017. Has been injury prone kind of since then. Has had a full preseason. The last Marsh game, I don't think it's anything to worry about. Looked like he was gonna, oh, he could have come onto the pitch, but obviously, why would they risk it in a preseason game? So, yeah, Buckley said he was fine uh, post game. So yeah, I'm pretty keen on Adams. Hasn't left my team since preseason. So yeah, I guess people are jumping off because of the injury and his injury prone, which is you know fair enough, fair game. But I think yeah, he's just too much value for me to. Uh, I'm willing to take the risk on his injury. Um, okay, Jacob Hopper. Well, he's only 0.8% owned, man. I thought this would be higher. So, obviously, Tim Taranto has gone down. So, who's going to step into that midfield time? Well, Hopper will obviously get some of it there. Um, he's priced on 94. Natural improvement. I think he can easily push 100. So, yeah. And if you're after that kind of cheaper option, like he's a bit more, more expensive than Sam Walsh, I'll talk about next. But, yeah, in a high-scoring midfield as well with the Giants, like, there's questions over, you know, are there too many mouths to feed? But no, we, we saw them. They, they've done it. They did it last year. Collingwood have done it for many years now. So, yeah. Expect Jacob Hopper to have at least 100 by the end of the season. The season average. And yeah, now Sam Walsh is 4.5% owned. Uh, average of 92. Probably yeah, priced at 92, whatever. So, yeah, naturally, like, this was that was his first season, and he averaged 92, so I don't see him going any worse than 92 uh, this year. Uh, he'll get a couple of uh, extra CBAs, so it'll kind of be like that Andrew Gaff type of player, you know, on the wing, and then in for a couple of CBAs too. So, yeah, definite, definite upside in Walsh. Ooh, we just, uh, I don't know, uh, he could be anything, really. He could be, he could be 98, he could be 105, I really don't know. And he's definite value when you start him, so what's... <laughs> how do you say no to that? Anyway, yeah, Sam Walsh, really keen on him. Not in my team at the moment, but I, I really don't mind the pick. Uh, we got now Humor Cloggage, so he's 2.6% uh, owned, 678, quite similar to Sam Walsh before. Um, plays on a wing, gets a couple of CBAs for that some of that inside time. Only priced at 91, so he's a bit cheaper than Walsh. Um, yeah, he could also push a 105 uh, type of average. Yeah, I just think, I don't know, <laughs> I'm not too keen on the Lions this year. <laughs> I'm going to cough some flack for that, but yeah, I don't know. I think Hugh McCluggage will be good, but just not, not for me personally. Uh, okay, <laughs> Angus Brayshaw, 1.9% owned, so he's priced at 88 we we know what he can do. Like let, let's put aside last year. He he was playing all sorts of half forward roles and wing roles and not being that true inside midfielder that he should be. Where he finished third in the brown line. Yeah, so in that twenty eighteen season, he's he averaged for the whole season one oh six, but he had some like pretty poor games at the beginning. And the back half of that he averaged like one fifteen or something. So we know he can do that. But so, yeah, but in the Marsh series, especially that second game when everyone was back, Petrarca, Oliver, Viney, they were the main guys in the midfield. And yeah, Brayshaw, like Brayshaw still had the fourth most out of those 
uh, yeah, out of like the midfielders, but just plays low time on ground, only scored the 80. Like, I would have liked to see more. It looks like he is the fourth choice kind of midfielder, but I don't know if that was just due to like him coming back from injury, because he did have some elbow injury in the preseason. So whether they were just managing his low time on ground, or that's what he'll actually play, because he usually plays like 76 or something like that. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's too risky to start with him. Like, if I if he showed a bit more in that second Marsh game, he was if he was involved in a couple more CBAs, I, I'd probably be starting him. But I think it's a little risky, and yeah, similar like the same as Oliver, he travels the West Coast away and then plays GWS. So we can probably wait and see those two games. Probably drop in coin a bit as well. So yeah. Um. Uh, Quentin Arkell, so. He's 3.4% owned. He's priced at uh, 85. Oh, no, no, he's not. I don't know. He averaged 85. I don't have the number on me right now. But, um, yeah, so he. it looks like he's playing midfield uh, at the Cats. I just think it's such an awkward price point. 497. Wait, what am I even sorting by? I'm sorting by average. Man, that's, that's not... This isn't where it's at. Okay, I guess I don't have a choice, but... Um, yeah, so I, don't, I just don't... I don't know. I'd I'd rather just pick up a Jackson Haley to be honest. I'm just not sold on Quentin Arkle. Like, yeah, I'd either go Haley, or I'd just go down to a rookie or go up to a premium. Like, I I really don't like this 497k price point. Yeah, it's just just a little awkward to me. Uh, Jack Viney, he's uh, 5.5% owned, priced at 82. Um, yeah, coming off a full preseason, right? Like, yeah, he looks pretty good. Lost the captaincy, so... I don't know if you want to read into that as a good thing or a bad thing, but... he's He put up some really good points-per-minute numbers in the Marsh series. Full-time midfield, you know, in plenty of centre bounces. And, yeah, it's he's definite value. Like, this is a pretty low average for him. He's got 90s. He's pushed 101 in the past. And, yeah, so if he gets to at least 101, yeah, he's around 20 points under price. We can probably expect a little more growth as well, so I'm very, very hot on Jack Viney. I wasn't, um, yeah, like at the start of the season, but after those two Marsh games, then this could end up being a Marsh trap, or <laughs> who knows, this could end up going quite poorly. Um, yeah, Joel Selwood, 4.5% owned. Like the season's delayed, you could probably pick him, but I'd like to see him in an inside role, just you know, make sure he's not playing any of that, that wing, wing nonsense. But, you know, with guys like Jack Steven, Quentin Arkle coming through, it's hard to see him actually playing that inside midfield role, I guess. Um, yeah, Ollie Florent, he's 0.6% owned. I don't mind him as a bit of a breakout candidate. He put up some good numbers last season when he was playing uh, in the midfield. Just, you know, kind of another awkward price point. I'd rather a guy like Jackson Haitley, 2.1% owned. He's, well, he's priced at 60-something. <laughs> From memory, he's, he's average, he averaged 68, but he missed. Uh, he only played seven games, so he gets a 9% discount there. So, yeah, the thing with Haitley is, you know, we he backed it up in the Marsh series for two games, which is good to see. Um, yeah, when it, he averaged like, eight, uh, he scored 80 and then a 90 something, to 80 something, the 90 something, in pretty like 70% something time on ground, too. So, yeah, I. I'm, I'd be quite keen on Haley. Like, it doesn't really fit into my structure at the moment, but I really don't mind it. Yeah, he can easily average like 80 something. So that's a, that, there's your 20 points upside right there. 
So yeah, Haitley, I'd be jumping on board if you're looking for a mid-pricer. Like, yeah, dump Clinton Ark or get Jackson Haitley. That, that's where it's at. And yeah, I think that'll about do it for the uh, midfielders. Moving on to the rocks. So there's really only three rocks that people are talking about right now. Brody Grundy, um, for Sam Jacobs, and Sam Naismith. So, yeah. A lot of people, a lot of lot of rocks are pods right now. And including one of the biggest ones, Max Gorn. Crazy to think that he's a pod. He's 9.6% owned. Like, man, that that is pretty crazy for a guy who's probably guaranteed to be the second best ruckman and has been for the past like two seasons. So, yeah, I guess people are rocking with Grundy, then... Yeah, yeah, they're rocking with two of Grundy, Jacobs, and Naismith as their R1 and R2, which has kind of left Max Gorn... Yeah, <laughs> left them behind. He did have that kind of uh, injury scare in the preseason, but we went to see... Yeah, we saw him play the, the first half of Marsh 2, and yeah, he looked fine, to be honest, so... Yeah, like, if you want an alternative to Grundy, like, you can save yourself 80k, pick up Max Gordon, like, you know, like, we're, we're pretty much banking that Grundy and Gordon will be the top two by the end of the season, right? By quite a margin, too, like, I don't expect Riley O'Brien to make the jump, Jared Witts, he's had an injury-prone preseason, so you're not expecting those guys to make the jump. Gordon and Grundy will be one and two, so... You know, why not just save your 80k, pick up Gorn as a pod, and, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's crazy to think he's a pod. Okay, the th let me talk about the rocks for a sec, so, just tangent here. The way I pick my rocks is, I don't like having guys with the same buy round, aka Grundy and Gorn with the round 13 buy round, because I'd rather just cop the, like, I'd rather bank the extra points from going a uh, Sam Jacobs, so he's round 14, a round 14 buy, so, yeah, so Grundy and Gorn, they have their round 13 buy, Sam Jacobs plays during that, Sam Jacobs has the round 14 buy, bam, I trade Jacobs out, bring in one of Grundy or Gorn, like whoever I didn't start with at the start of the season, right, so, there's not many with around 14 by that I'd consider, so it's really only Jacobs and probably Tim English right now, and Riley O'Brien, so those are the three I had my eye on. Um, yeah, Riley O'Brien didn't really show enough for me this preseason, and yeah, Jacobs showed a lot this preseason, like yeah, he was pretty good, so that's why I've gone with uh, Sam Jacobs. Oh, uh, you can also consider Jono Seglar too, but he's in my forward line right now, and I'll talk about him. Um, and I'll talk about in the ruck department because his first positions are rough, but yeah. So, oh, I I wouldn't consider Grundy and Gorn, and I definitely wouldn't consider Naismith, but I would consider Gorn instead of Grundy. Um, yeah, and it's not like it's not like a super like far far fetched sort of call. Like it's only I go oh, okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't mind it. You know they're going to be a top two ruck anyway. Like that's what your R one position is, right? It's one of the top two, and your R2 is kind of a moneymaker, sort of mid-price guy who'll be a stopgap to the buy rounds. Well, that's what I—that's what my R2 is. That's why I've gone with Sam Jacobs. So when it's Sam Jacobs buy, I'll upgrade to one of Grundy or Gorn. And yeah, I'm pretty—I'm gonna stick by that really. Even if they—even if Grundy and Gorn go big, I'm quite adamant, and I'll stick with uh, Jacobs to the buys. And that's why I also have Naismith as my uh, R3 just in case Jacobs will get rested, which I don't think he will. 
but just in case. And Naismith, he, he's he's going to be a good rookie anyway. So yeah. Uh, okay, I guess next, yeah, Riley O'Brien didn't really show too much. He's six point three percent owned. Like I don't mind Riley O'Brien. I think there's still uh, upside from his ninety six. Like he had some games where he was rucking, uh, dual rucking with uh, Source Jacobs and stuff. So I think he can push a hundred, but. Yeah, I'd rather just go for a bigger cash gain in Jacobs, to be honest. And yeah, Rowan Marshall, so he's 3.7% owned. The Paddy Ryder effect is real. He'll be splitting time with him, which is a real shame, to be honest. Because he was really good as a solo rock last year, but yeah, just not touching him there. Uh, yeah, Goldie, so he had a pretty good Marsh series. Can he, can he go back to his, like, 100 days? I don't know. Price at 88. Yeah, could be, could be a decent pot option, but again, he has around 13. Oh, wait. <laughs> okay, this is funny. Like, North Melbourne's the only team I don't know which buy round they have, but I think it's round 13. Potentially 14. No, no, it, it's 14, I think. So, yeah, he's another one to consider there. But, as I said, I'm quite adamant on going source. Um, yeah, Scott Lysette, 2.2% owned. I don't know, kind of picked up an injury. Will he even be solo rock? Westoff will chop him out, maybe. Peter Adams, who knows. Uh, okay, Tim English, 6.1% owned. We know he's going to break out and be a great Ruckman. Just, is it this year? Certainly showed that in the in the only Marsh game he played against Lysette. So, you know, Lysette and Westhoff. So, those two guys, they, they aren't, you know, they aren't, like, crap Ruckman. You know, they're actually pretty good. So, yeah, he held his own there. I think he scored 120 or something, Timmy Wish. Yeah, this could be his breakout year, but, again, I'd rather just save, what, what is that? Like, uh, 50, 58k, just go Sam Jacobs, so yeah. So John Segler, he's got forward status as well, as well as rough status, so I really don't mind John Segler. He's 1.7% owned right now, um, priced at 70, 76 odd. The thing, so Segler, he went at like 95 in the three games he played as a solo ruck last season, and they weren't against like really poor ruckman as well. I think he played West Coast... So, you know, Natanui and whoever was there at the time, Hickey or whatever. Uh, Jared Witts. So, you know, Jared Witts, he's no slouch. And the other one was someone who I don't know. But, you know, there's two pretty good Ruckman in there. And he scored pretty well. But, yeah, it's quite a small sample size. Um, he was pretty poor in the first Marsh game, which was a shame. But then the second one against Gorn. Like, so people are writing off the second Marsh, the Marsh game because he played against Gorn in the first half and then... Was it like Sam Wiedemann or something in the second half, but he actually scored like pretty consistently throughout each of the quarters. Like it wasn't like he scored ninety of his points against Wiedemann and then ten against Gorn or whatever. No, he actually it was a pretty consistent um yeah, showing from Segler. He definitely held his own against Gorn. So yeah, I don't mind backing him in for a forward line. Like you can also swing him in during the uh, buy rounds as well as a bit of a couple of extra points maybe. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, Nick Nate, he's like 13.2% owned, I just realised. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty high. Naismith's only 7.7% owned. Oh, that's how it starts. So, yeah, no, so his total selection is 15%. Yeah, I should really look at that first. Um, okay. Yeah, let's move on to the forwards now. So, going by price order, uh, the first forward is Toby Green. So, he's priced at 98. Only 9.2% owned. And... I think that's a bit high, so his average is pretty inflated because of the um, the midfield time he was getting, and I don't think he'll get it again with you know, everybody fit, as I said, with Zach Williams. 
seeing it. Kelly Cornelio, Hately, Tom Green in there now. Yeah, Toby will be playing up forward. Though he did play really well, like, during the State of Origin game and the second Marsh game. Like, he took a lot of marks and then kicked five goals against Richmond in the Marsh game. So, yeah, he'll still put up some big scores. It just won't be consistent like the midfield numbers he's getting. So, yeah, one to avoid there. Uh, Isaac Heaney, I'd avoid him too. In the Marsh game, had very, very little minuscule midfield time. Uh, yeah, mainly playing up forward. Though he was nursing a thumb injury, so it's kind of understandable. His his output was quite poor in the second Marsh game, but yeah, I just don't see him really playing that midfield time when they're running guys like uh, Ollie Florent and James Rowe bottom through there. Um, Gary Allen, the goat, 1.1% owned man. He looked cooked those two Marsh games. <laughs> Wouldn't be starting him. Darcy McPherson, right? So he's 9.2% owned, 648k. Oh man, like he's, yeah, I really like McPherson, but not as a fantasy option, like, I don't know, he wasn't really getting the midfield clock, but he was still scoring well, and yeah, that kind of baffles me, like whether he can actually keep this up throughout the season or not, or whether they were just two really good Marsh games, like, we, we, like the Suns, we, we smashed Geelong, and then you beat Adelaide too, so we're not going to be doing that during the regular season, we're not going to be beating a lot of these teams, right? So, yeah, I don't know if those big scores will consider. I think people are just jumping on because of the Marsh hype. Like, I don't know if I'm missing something here, but I reckon people are just jumping on because of those big scores during the Marsh series. I really don't think they're consistent. And, you know, I, I, <laughs> I will die on this hill arguing that, so, yeah. Uh, doo -doo -doo -doo. What's got me? Paddy Lipinski, 1% owned. I don't know. Could be, could be some value there, but yeah, it looks like he'll be playing the same role as what he did in the back half of last season. You know, not much has changed at the Bulldogs uh, in terms of their midfield mix. So, yeah. Okay, Darcy Parrish, he's 2.7% owned, so Parrish, in the first Marsh game, played midfield. Second Marsh game, didn't. Scored, still scored well in the second game, but that was because of three goals, three or something like that, so... Yeah, we needed, we really needed confirmation of him full time in the midfield, and we didn't get that from the second Marsh game. So I can just rule him out um, and just wait and see if he does get that that full midfield clock. So Chad Wingard, he's an interesting one. He's six percent owned. So he attended a stack of CBAs in both Marsh games. So the midfield role is definitely there. I don't know how he dropped the forty in that second Marsh game, but. You know, we always preach about look for the role, trust your eyes and whatever, and he was definitely in the midfield. So I don't know what happened with that 40, and if he puts one of those up, you're going to be really disappointed. Like, it's a shame we saw that that low floor, but I guess it was a good thing to prepare us. You know, so don't be too surprised if he does drop that during the regular season. So with Wingard, you know, I don't mind the pick. I think it's a little risky after that 40, but... I, I don't mind it, it's not too bad for me. Uh, Justin Westhoff, yeah, he's 1.5% earned. He played that rough role after Lysette went down a second Marsh game. Uh, yeah, if he's back to that, like, rough roll, like, uh, rough chop-out roll sort of thing, could definitely push, like, in the 90s and stuff. He's getting old now, but it doesn't seem to be affecting him. Uh, once again, another port player, so <laughs> not for me. Uh, Jono Segler talked about him already. 
Connor Rosie, I think he could be good this year. Once we get another port player, so awkward buy, a lot of risk attached to it as well. Uh, whether he does get that midfield time, like is that enough midfield time or not? Will definitely improve on his 73 average, especially with midfield time. So could definitely push 80s, high 80s. Eh, I don't know. Du -du 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 what else we got? Yeah, Blake Akers could be good when he comes back. Uh, yeah, 1.9% owned, but if he's missing round one, you're not going to be picking him. Uh, okay, James Rowbottom, so he's in my team right now. He's 0.8% owned. So, he looked to be playing that full-time like inside midfield role. In the first uh, Marsh game, it wasn't really like that. Like He was in and out like, on the wing and stuff. In the second Marsh game, first three quarters, inside midfield, stack of CBAs. In the last quarter, he uh, was basically on a wing for the entire game. So, the question is, if he is playing full-time midfield, yeah, well, that's the question. Is he going to play full-time midfield? Because guys like Kennedy, um, Luke Parker rolling through there. There was no George Hewitt in the second Marsh game, so don't really know how that affects the midfield mix. And yeah, obviously Ollie Florent will be running through there as well. But if Robottom gets the full inside midfield time, yeah, he's got 85 in the Marsh second, yeah, second Marsh game, and that was because of a wing in the last quarter. So, yeah, I think it was on like 80, 80, 80 odd after three quarter time. So it could definitely, definitely push mid 80s, and your price at 63, that's probably enough. That's, that's your your 20 point upside right there. Uh, Tom Lynch, he's 3.9% owned, 463k, price at 62. So. Yeah, the thing with Lynch plays a lot of games uh, at the MCG to start the season off. When kind of came in underdone last season, you know, you had Jack Rewald out, so they kind of had to rush Lynch back uh, into the team. And yeah, Rewald's fit now, Lynch is fit now, full preseason, I'm pretty sure. Haven't really heard of any setbacks. So yeah, he, he could be really good. Like, he averaged 86 playing for the Suns, and yeah, we are terrible. So yeah, Lynch, <laughs> who knows what he can do with a full preseason, you know. Probably the best team in the league. Um, yeah, we know like Jack Raywald, he went like 80-something uh, last year. Uh, no, not last, like in 2018, so he can at least match that. Um, yeah, I think that's going to that's gonna about do it. Or Everyone else is kind of like rookie, rookie priced, or guys like Buley who are expensively rookie priced. Um, yeah, so this is probably the... Oh, yeah, probably the last uh, podcast I do before the season begins, if the season begins. I curse you, coronavirus. But, um, yeah, that'll about do it. I'll be doing a team reveal podcast probably um, on the you know, Friday night or Saturday after lockout sometime. Because I don't want anyone stealing my team, not that anyone's listening. But, yeah. Uh, if, yeah if you've got any questions or whatever, you can hit me up at this late underscore. My personal Twitter or the podcast Twitter is at Pod. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening, I suppose, and peace out.